Good afternoon and welcome to Startup Nation, our weekly podcast that celebrates innovation and entrepreneurship. Startup Nation is brought to you by Dublin Business Innovation Centre, where ambitious founders get support to start and scale new businesses. I'm Connor Carmody, and I hope you'll stay with me over the next hour as we explore the emerging trends in the world of technology and business. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about space. We're going to hear from the European Space Agency all about the opportunities and the issues as we look to explore the final frontier. We're going to discuss the commercial opportunities, the challenges and the issues and think about what a future in space looks like. As humans, we've lived and battled on land, sea, air over the centuries and soon we'll take this to space. The opportunities and the challenges are endless. And as we think about mankind's desire to expand to the moon, to Mars and beyond, the space race opens up questions about political, military considerations and indeed the commercial opportunities that arise from that. There are the opportunities to address some of the key issues that we face here on this planet, climate change. It's interesting when you think in a short story from 1941 by Isaac Asimov, he described a world in which humans harvested solar power from space and used giant orbiting solar panels to beam renewable energy back to Earth via radio waves. And that was from 1941. Is space-based solar power a possibility? Yes, it probably is. And what about creating moon bases for mining? We could use them as launch pads to enable human expansion across the solar system. The possibilities are endless, and there's so much going on here that we need some serious assistance to unpack it all. So I'm delighted to welcome Frank Salzgeber of the European Space Agency. We're recording remotely today. We had to get Frank in from Austria. Uh, Frank is the head of Innovation and Ventures Office, the largest space entrepreneurship network in the world. His team has initiated over 360 industry transfers and supported nearly 1,000 startups. And Frank, you are very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Maybe to get us started, maybe tell us a little bit about you. You've had some some jobs both around ESA, you've worked around kind of startups, you've worked around Apple, so you've been around a bit. Yeah, that, that's true. And, um, and and Steve Jobs in his Stanford speech said very nicely uh, that uh, the career and, and, and your, your past is not connecting frontwards. You have to look backwards and then all the dots of your life make sense. And, and, and it, it, it never, it, this never let him down. And, and, and I really like that because a lot of dots which uh, looking backwards now make sense, they have not made sense when I was a youngster. And that was something which was an Apple because maybe I left Apple too early, some people saying, and I, I shared my, uh, or I changed my Apple shares into my own shares, which uh, nowadays people say, Frank, are you crazy? Um, so this was the first time and the second time was my own startup. Uh, it was pretty successful, but uh, we were 350 people in the peak about electronic software distribution. We are cash flow positive 2003, but then the bubble burst and... Uh, we, we could not uh, utilize our stock accreditation we had. So I merged my company to a company which is still on that uh, German stock exchange, the MDAX. There are now 7,000 people. Um, and um, I, I traded my shares again to buy a house because I joined ESA as a head of commercial development of human spaceflight and exploration. So this time I said I stuck to that industry until we are successful. Uh, and, um, and I think space is, trust me, when we worked with startups uh, 15, 16 years ago and some of our colleagues in, in, in the BICs in, in Ireland knows that, we were the underdogs, and I think that has really changed. Space is really a leading edge, and I think it's the decade of space now. So thanks. And when I look then at ESA and the programs, and I'm looking at the, the website, um, I mean, there's so much going on. There's 
science exploration, robotic exploration, observing the Earth, satellite navigation. I mean, what is at the core of what ESA is trying to do? What's, what's behind what it is that you do? Yeah, of, of course, when you see space, it's white, you know, the, the, the most coolest part, I always believe, is human spaceflight. And, and, and this is the reason why I joined coming from a startup, coming from Apple, is that because working with astronauts, this is amazing. They're great people. They have fresh minds. They are team players. They see the Earth from space. That was my motivation. But to be frank, that is the smallest part. So the inspiration part is the smallest part. And of course, I would say there are three pillars next to the science, which is really research, but there are three pillars which Im- have an impact to of everybody of us. Um, and the first one is uh, navigation. Uh, this is more than uh, the, the iPhone where uh, I have two boys with 15 and they, 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 they always find home beside the, the iPhone runs out of power. So nobody's able to read maps anymore. But navigation is more than the cars and what we have. Navigation is also giving a time signal. So our electrical grid is managed by the time signal of the navigation satellites. Our cell stations, the 5G, 4G stations, are synchronized via the time signal. So it's synchronization, and a digital economy without synchronization will not work. The second pillar is the Earth observation. This is the weather forecast, what we know. And, but this is also the measurement that we are aware that we have a climate change. Because without Earth's observation from space, we will not know what's going on, on on our planet, our spaceship Earth. And this is, of course, used uh, for agriculture, for environment monitoring, weather and so on, which, which is important. And the third pillar, which is my favorite, because that's not only the directoring I'm working for, but this was, is a really commercial part of space's telecommunication. So your satellite dish on the roof, that is the space technology of the last millennium. What is going now on, and we see that, especially with the crisis we have in Ukraine, it's about connectivity. So I have two boys, you know, the worst can happen to you and all our parents is that our kids have no connection to the Wi-Fi. Then we're all in trouble. So, and our digital economy needs these connections. And uh, this is what space will do in the, in the future. Companies like Starlink doing that and something similar we build in Europe. So it's about the permanent connectivity everywhere, which our digital economy needs uh, to survive. And it will also connect the last billions. And uh, that's the really the big, 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 big market, I think, where most of the companies going. And this is, I would say, 90% of the funding will go to in the next couple of years. Excellent. So ESA has uh, this ambition around the pillars that you've described about there. But ultimately, is it about creating jobs and revenue? I look here and I see kind of you have an ambition around creating almost a quarter of a million jobs and revenues upstream and downstream. Is, is at the heart of it, we're doing all of this exploration and all of this research to create jobs. Is that kind of you're it's, a commercial, it's, it's, commercial organization? Yeah, I think it's, a very, it's a, a very good question. Of course, we do science and research because the society blocks, stops exploring, stops progressing. But that's the, really the smallest part. And they're all the member states together. The rest of ESA, it's, I would say it's a, like a, a, a la carte. It's like a country club. You know, your, your basic fee you pay for the science program. The rest is really when you want to do something extra. And especially the small member states of the ESA member states really participate with the knowledge of ESA because we are like the architect taking care of the quality control, but we don't build our systems ourselves. It's the industry, it's the startups, it's the university doing the research. So ESA is only helping to big, put big projects together. 
and, and, and coordinate that with that knowledge. So we are engineers and we know what is the right thing to do and not the right thing to do. And I think that's the big difference maybe then. ESA is not doing research. We also do research, but we do research with the industry and help the industry to build the products, being able to compete on the world market and creating jobs in high tech in Europe. And this is the mission, mission I would say, translated to ESA. So our job is not to, 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 to only see what the universe is doing, but I would say uh, the majority of the budget in, in my director, tele, telecommunication is commercial. Yeah, otherwise, we wouldn't have satellite TV uh, 20, 30 years ago. So our job is really to help the industry to work together, de-risk their early development and being successful on the market. Okay. Um, so, so it's research with a very strong commercial focus, which is great because you know, research uh, in of itself is wonderful and changes the world. But actually, you've got to bring that into action. So the commercialization of that research. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Um, what does the commercialization of space actually mean? So um, I'm looking here, uh, you know, the space economy could be worth up to $1 trillion. What does the commercialization of space mean to the, to the layman like me that says, well, there's a race on to put up our low Earth orbit satellites and everyone's racing up there and that's what it means. It's much more than that. Okay, and, and this is what I tried to, to explain in the beginning. So if we would switch off our satellites, which we have in orbit, and it, it's hard to see, you cannot see it. Eh? So I, I think you will realize it within a day. First, your bank transaction will not work because they need synchronization. Your, maybe your, your light will not work because it will be not uh, managed. Um, some of the calls uh, and TV programs will be shut down. Maybe even your call to the U.S. will not work anymore because it's also running via satellite. And top of that, just imagine if you have ships. And trust me, they don't navigate with the stars. They navigate with, with, with navigation and they need the weather maps and forecasts. So I think planes will be grounded, ships will be in the harbor, and our economy will not work because they are not capable to work like they worked 200 years ago. So space is the digital backbone or the backbone of our digital economy already now. And uh, it will become even more. So this is what two weeks ago we were discussing with uh, automobile companies because it's about connectivity. You know? And uh, trust me, I'm just going across Austria to Germany and then you have no 5G signal or 4G signal. So that, that's great, but we all know white spots and looking to Rolls-Royce there, they don't sell turbines, they sell thrust. So the business model, they need data, permanently data. And this is when we, our digital and data-driven economy needs the connectivity. And this is what space will bring. And we will even create more data about our planet. And we even speaking with people in, in, in the investment industry to monitoring if the CO2 emissions is really cut it down or not. Because uh, this you also can monitor from space because that's just the camera. So space is just an enabler and it becomes a normal industry like the telecommunication industry and other industry in the past. And this is the reason why Porsche, for example, has invested in a rocket company, a small rocket company in Munich. Uh, this is the reason why companies looking into that and saying, okay, that's an asset we cannot um, uh, neglect and not uh, uh, integrate it in our normal supply chain. And to digress for a moment then and think about kind of geopolitical concerns, is there not a is there not potential for us all to be battling for control in space and I want my satellites up and you want yours and and uh, 
for countries to be arguing over. He who controls low Earth orbit controls the Earth, uh, one might say. Yeah, the good thing is there's a lot of space. Huh? In space, there's a lot of space. That's the good thing. Um, and uh, there's an ITU board, it's International Telecommunication Union, where they discuss about frequency and so on. Yes, but you're right, uh, space debris is an issue. Um, but uh, look what Elon Musk is doing, what is the power, because he was giving 1,500 satellite terminals uh, to the Ukraine and about 150,000 people using that. It gives you connectivity and and this is that's that's a key, you know. It's not only important for the country and uh, the, the military and the sovereignty, but it's also for our industry. What does with our system if we do not have data? We cannot even charge anymore. So and this is and we do not know what's going on. So I think the connectivity becomes really issued. So the Commission is um, pushing uh, to, towards a constellation. And I think we in Europe should not only rely on American technology. I think we are smart enough, good enough, we have the right companies to build something ourselves. Because that's the advantage of Europe. Huh? The people trust us because we're not one country, we are several. And is there a potential for conflict between, say, ESA and NASA in a kind of a race to be the premier space agency or other agencies? Or are you... Yeah, I think, I think uh, to, to be honest, uh, with the words of Mr. Bosch, the founder of Bosch, he said, I do not like to work in an industry where I have no competition. So I think competition is always good because it's healthy, it makes it cheaper, lighter, better, smarter. And we all know when you go to the street with one restaurant or a street with 10 restaurants, you go to the street with 10 restaurants because normally the quality is better. NASA is not doing telecommunication. Uh, uh, this is something else. This is, uh, I think, the Department of Commerce is doing that. But NASA is not into that. So I think, uh, I think it's up to Europe to doing that. When you're looking to Constellation, um, uh, uh, Amazon is very strong in that. And, of course, uh, Starlink with SpaceX. So these are the two constellations which are coming across uh, from the United States. And I think Europe needs, uh, this is my personal feeling, uh, Europe needs at least two. One which is maybe more military uh, and, and one is really industry driven. And this is where a lot of startup companies working at the moment. Uh, and this is pretty cool. Right. Excellent. Can I shift track and ask you about one of the biggest issues facing our planet today, climate and climate action? And space has a significant role there in addressing and potentially managing some of the issues that we face there. Yeah, this is uh, it, it's excellent. I think it, it, it started also with the Apollo uh, missions where mankind first time was seeing Earth from mo the moon, you know. Normally you know the moon from the black, uh, in, the dark, in the dark sky and you, you look and you have dreams what you can do. But from moon looking down to Earth and all the astronauts, cosmonauts, tigernauts saying that you see, wow, this is that's pretty small. It's, it's this blue marble in the, in the blackness uh, of, of space and and everybody who was not keen to get becoming astronaut are always answering, we all astronauts on our spaceship called Earth. And this is, and, and we cannot change this spaceship. There is not another one. And it's also not the right plan. It's cool that we go to Mars and Moon and, and then so on, but I think we should protect uh, and, and this, uh, this planet. And to make it visible, it's the first step to acknowledge it. So this is the reason why Earth observation is so important to monitoring the patient Earth. Uh, with Dr. Mankind. And um, th that's on the one side, uh, the, the understanding, because when you have a patient, you also have to monitor in the patient. It, it's, it's what you do is give that a change. On the other side, uh, I would say space take normally, 
we're pretty good in calculating in milliwatts. So I remember when I was speaking with BMW 15 years, or no, 13 years ago, 15 years ago about electric mobility, they were not keen to listen. And I, my answer was, you know what, you calculate in kilowatt, we calculate in milliwatt, you come anyhow to us. So space is good to make things lighter, more efficient, recycling. This is in our genes because it's so expensive to bring things up. So this is the reason why poor astronauts, we all recycle all of the fluid. You, you can imagine out of what we, we recycle uh, the fluids in the space station. You know? So you're half year on space station and drink your own pee. Sorry, I correct that. It's not your own pee, you drink also the pee of the colleagues. But uh, fuel cells, solar cells, uh, all this stuff was pushed, not invented, but pushed by space. And it's also coming back. So I think uh, um, seeing that from that point of view, it's, it's, a, it's a good mindset also for, for the industry to think in a circle uh, economy. But, but, I mean, those satellites and that infrastructure that is and has been deployed also plays a critical role, as you talk in that observation piece, plays a critical role in, I don't know, disaster management or in identifying trends or identifying patterns or that sort of stuff. There's a whole, yeah. there's a whole piece there that, it, that will come to the fore. Yes, this is uh, the you heard about the the, the John Deere, uh, um, which were nicked by the Russians, and John Deere switched it off. You know, so it's also the machinery. But this is uh, at the moment when we work with agriculture companies, it's really tracking the single plant. We have even startup companies coming out with cameras, looking to uh, the full spectrum of light and seeing the stress of the of the plants. So you see the stress and the illness before they become ill. So this is something which is, uh, it's like the X-ray, it's not X-ray, but for the plants, and then you really can use your fertilizer, your water, and all the stuff much more precise. It's the same with fire detection. It's about making agriculture full digital. And, uh, and looking at the moment when we're looking to, to prices of crops and so on, this is vital. If we want to feed the people in the world, we have to become even more smarter with our farming. And this is where we provide also part of the tools. Okay. And the last topic that interested me uh, when I was looking at this last night was transportation and space transportation and uh, um, doing a bit of reading on it. And, you know, there's this notion that the US goes back to the moon in the next kind of couple of years and the next step from there is go to Mars and from there build a base and it brings us elsewhere. Is how realistic or how timely is the notion that we would have a base on the moon that would be a base potentially for further exploration of other planets and whatnot? As I said, human exploration is the smallest part, is the coolest. And we will do that. Yeah, If we're not doing it, industry will do it. So we have the first company doing that. So And, and I think startups also changing that because with the nanosatellites, with the CubeSats, they say, okay... I, thinking out of the sandbox. And this is the reason why we need the incubation centers, why we need the crazy minds, because, they, okay, forget that. Uh, we do it different. And this is what I think, going back to my career as an Apple, and I think it was uh, Mike Matolev was, was the first investor in, in Apple that said, we need a floppy drive because these cassette tapes sucks. You know, and then Steve said, okay, to, to Wozniak, if you want to go to the Las Vegas computer show, I need a floppy drive. And with three weeks, he redesigned the floppy drive. Uh, from Sugar Association is is a cool story. Wozniak uh, uh, was telling the story when he was on the EBN Congress, uh, um, uh, e- EBN Congress in in Ireland. Derry, that's right, a couple of years back. Yes, and this is and this is something where where, where it's he, he he changed the design, 
And with that, he sold the floppy drive for, uh, I think, seven ninety nine and purchased this for, for 80 bucks. So this is where you make money because you have people not coming from the expert group. And this is why, why we need so much startups and entrepreneurs from different fields. I don't want to build a station. Why we go to somebody who is not doing that commercial, who is providing me with gas, water, power uh, on, on a commercial base? And this is, I think, where, what we have to change. We have to enable becoming the first customers uh, for these companies. And then I want to make it even bankable, you know, because Spacerus Orange Juice next year or Kappa in three months at the Exchange Board in London, what is the difference with water on an asteroid in 10 years? Make it bankable. And I think this is what when we need going out of this niche of space research, making really a business out of it. Yeah, this is what Lloyd's is doing. This is what the East Indian company were doing decades. Come on. Uh, Ireland has also a history in that. So let's think it different. And then we, we are there. And then ESA has to do something next. So we are enabling, de-risking, but we have to hand it over as soon as possible to the commercial market. Otherwise, it will not work. Okay. Um, I'm conscious of your time, Frank, but I do have a question. And it talks to the role that you have um, around the kind of the the largest space entrepreneurship network in the world. That's just so cool. Tell me, tell me what does yeah, that mean? What do you do? It sounds oh, so cool. And, and, uh, and I even stopped that doing because I have done that for 16 years. We started to support startups uh, 16 years uh, ago. And trust me, the people were not even laughing uh, because there's is an, and then we moved from one incubation center. I think we are now 23 in 66 locations because we're saying, and and there, somebody in Ireland told me, uh, and I'm not sure if it's an Irish saying, on the shoulders of the giants you see further. And our job is to be the giants, like the bigs, like the, 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 the Tyndalls of the world and, and, and so on. So and this is when we let the kids climbing on our shoulders uh, and, it's, and we have to help them to grow, not over one month or two acceleration. So once you become part of this club, you stay there and we help them even when you're in university and a grown-up. And this we have built with partners because we are smart, but with, with the partners across Europe, we are more better, smarter. And theoretically, if you're in these big uh, incubation centers, which we do jointly with the people in the regions, this is the power of the regions because it's, you have to start locally and then we give the European and worldwide connection. And this is what we did. And I hand over this last September. I said I did early stage now for 16 years. Now I go for the big fishes to the constellations and help them re, uh, reaching the sky. And uh, the, the, these companies, when they have 50, 100, 100, we have companies with 900 people even, where we started at four. So our job is still to help them to hammer dent into the universe. And so it's really the, the fair part. We don't take shares. That's important because that's not our business. But we are also experts and open the doors to corporates, uh, give them frank advice, technical support, a little bit funding. And uh, one of my biggest companies or our biggest companies is in the team effort is Lilium Aviation. And I think they have 900 people and they, they want to make electrical uh, flying real. And I think that's, that's amazing. And um, the risk is with the entrepreneurs, not with us. And I think this is our job, to de-risk, to help them uh, and, and to open the doors. And what are the, the specific support? I guess it's around acceleration. I guess it's around... I don't like the word acceleration, so therefore I'm a big fan of incubation. We start to be maybe the first one chipping in cash, and we don't give that as a grant. We do it as a procurement. That's the first thing, because I, I do not like grant and the menaces, all this stuff. Procurement is income that every investor likes. 
We give them love, we give them marketing, we give them branding, we give them access to industry, and uh, we give them, we also help them with the VCs. So we are the nice uncle, aren't with the right address book and a little bit money in the pocket. And this is, this is running so well that everybody's cloning it, which is good. And we have the knowledge and the technology. We don't take shares, and we do that together with the local parties. And uh, and now my part is looking to to the the, the the best ones to help them really to 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 grow it. That I would call acceleration, going to the spark, getting IPO, getting really into um, the right offices on, on sea level. Also, you know, we are really the shoehorn office. I always say. Frank, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, it was fascinating. I could stay here all day and talk to you, but I know that you have to leave us. So I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us. That was Frank Salzgeber of the European Space Agency. Thanks, Frank. Thank you so much. And do not forget, we all need more space. <laughs> So, what an episode, what a fantastic view of the future. I hope you enjoy that. If you would like to start your own journey into entrepreneurship, make sure to contact us at Dublin Vic and we'd be happy to help you reach for the stars. That's it now from Startup Nation. Good afternoon and thanks. Thanks.